on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Dominic Catronio. That had to be the most deflating, crushing, uh, absolutely brutal day to be a sports fan in the state of Wisconsin. This morning, the Badgers, today, tonight, the Marlins and the Brewers. Yeah, this is going to be a venting session, y'all. Come on in. Sit down. This is a safe space. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We'll be with you to the top of the hour tonight. Brewers fall 4-3 to three in dramatic fashion. Devin Williams blows the save. Trying to work in back-to-back days. The offense goes cold once again. And the Brewers are now on the outside looking in as far as the postseason picture. Quick update on the standings. Right now, the Brewers are one game back officially in record to the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies split their doubleheader today. They got blown out in Game 1, and then they blew out the Nats in Game 2. The Brewers are 84-74, and 74, but the Phillies are 85-73, uh, and uh, 73, meaning the Brewers are a full one game back. They are now equal in games played. The problem is, as you've heard me say over and over and over by now, the Brewers do not have the tiebreaker, which means if these two teams end the season tied with only four games to go, the Phillies are the ones who get in. So do the math. The Brewers are one game back, essentially two games back, because being tied does them no good. No good. And just by math, the way it works, you really got to go 4-0. If you go 3-1, and you're going to have to get some help. If you go 3-1, and that means the Phillies go 0-4, which that's asking for a lot. The Brewers need help. They're going to need to get uh, some good luck in that in their way, but we're going to talk about it here on Brewers Extra Innings. 855-616-1620. You can text, you can call, or you can tweet at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. But the biggest number of the night that jumps out to me, plain and simple, runs. Three runs. Three. You're not going to win many games scoring three runs. We went on a long tangent about it last night. When the Brewers score at least four runs, they're one of the best teams in baseball. They are almost 60 games over 500 when they score at least four runs. They've scored at least four runs in 96 games, but yet they haven't been able to do it as of late. Let me read you the run totals of the last couple of games. Then I'm going to get to a few of these texts that are rolling in. Tonight, three runs. Last night, one run. Thursday night, two runs. Hey, five runs on Wednesday. They won that game. Two runs on Tuesday. One run on Sunday. See what I'm getting at here? You're not going to win many games because now the Brewers are are currently four losses of their last six games. The Phillies have been just as bad. The Phillies have lost seven of their last nine. Who wants it less? It kind of feels like at this point. But the offense, it feels like, oh my goodness, it's a, it's a bullpen problem. There is nobody you would have rather wanted than Devin Williams. He was the guy. And it didn't work out because you've overstressed this bullpen to an extent that you're asking Devin Williams to go back-to-back after 27 pitches last night. And yes, a leadoff walk didn't help his cause. I'm not saying that he threw perfectly last night either. But this is what's been going wrong for the Brewers. When it rains, it pours. Let's get to a few of these texts now. Y'all have been very entertaining 
on the text line. Sitting here at the same, and I want to get in and be heard early, so appreciate the text. What has Williams pitched the last two nights? 60 pitches? He should not have been called on tonight. They have Topa or Cousins they could have gone to. My question to that, if Topa or Cousins blows this game, the question is, why didn't you go to Devin? And then you say, oh, Devin was unavailable. Then you say, oh, it's a playoff push. you got to have your best players available. It was a lose-lose situation if you lost the game. If you win the game, it's a masterstroke. Oh, my goodness. Devin Williams putting his body on the line, saving the team. Craig Council's a genius for trusting him. You see how that, that teeters back and forth? But again, the Brewers didn't add insurance. This could have been an opportunity tonight for the Brewers, especially when Edward Cabrera got out of the game. More on him later. When Edward Cabrera got out of the game, Brewers started to get some offense going. But then for Devin Williams to, to again, be asked for a one-run lead, Brewers couldn't add more. This would have been a perfect night to try to say, we're going to score seven runs for you, Devin, to, to give you a breather here tonight. Well, this room's intimidating. What just happened? You good? All right. We're okay. <laughs> the Brewers just need to get some more offense. Because being asked every single night to conserve runs, a one-run lead, a one-nothing game, a two-to-one game, it's never going to last. More coming up here in just a second. We're going to have Vinny Rutino join us here on the show. Don't go anywhere. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers fall 4-3. to three. Heartbreaking fashion again. More texts, more calls. Season's on the line. Four games to go. They're essentially two games Back. I'm Dominic Catronio. There's a lot to talk about with our good friend Vinny Rotino now joining us on the show. Vinny, how many times have we seen this script happen, right? It's just wearing on a team. Can you take us into Craig Council's mind? How how much do you think he had to struggle with, man, do I really have to go back to Devin Williams right now? Do I really have to force this on Devin Williams? What did you think of the decision to go to Devin in the ninth? I thought that was the right call. I mean, he's going to get two days off probably after this game. I mean, he's going to get two days off regardless probably after this game just because he's thrown so many pitches in the last two days now. Um, Three out of the last four he has pitched, and he threw a bunch of pitches uh, three days ago. Uh, So it was three days ago, day off, and then last two. So it was um, probably – I mean – all hands on deck type of a situation. I mean, you could have gone with Strzelecki pr- probably in that situation just because Strzelecki's been such the hot hand. He's pitched exceptionally well. Um, he hasn't been kind of uh, – he hasn't been shrinking to any kind of these big spots that he's been pitching in lately. And so you could have gone to him and you could have justified going to him um, knowing that Devin Williams did throw so many pitches last night. But at the end of the day, it's a back-to-back game – you know, pitching back-to-back. If it was, like, three in a row, then, yeah, you'd go to Strzelecki and you got to justify it that way. But I thought Devin Williams, his stuff looked crisp enough. I don't think the fastball command was there well enough. I mean, it's always a little bit erratic at th- from time to time. I thought, it was, I thought it was good enough for him to get the save. The big pitch was the birdie take, the 3-2 change-up take down, just down out of the zone, and that – that obviously was the, the, the momentum switch towards the Marlins. You thought that something was going to brew for them after that uh, because then obviously his, his 
his um, running tool, his run tool just creates all kinds of havoc for opposing um, defenses. So that was, that was the big pitch. It was a really good at bat and kind of have to tip your cap to him. But I, I thought, I thought Devin Williams was fine. I just think the fastball command was just the tickoff. And then that, that changeup to De La Cruz that he left up just a hair. I mean, he's seen a bunch of changeups in the last couple nights. He struck De La Cruz out last night. Um, and so that was just so easy to play Monday morning quarterback with this stuff. Council's back is against the wall. The Brewers' backs are against the wall just because they don't have a ton of options and their pitching is so thin right now. I didn't have a problem with throwing Devin Williams back-to-back, kind of all hands on deck. You go with your best, and you have to go with your best right there, and Devin Williams is your best at the back end of the fence. I agree, especially with that last part of the statement of you you got to get beat with your best, and then the walk on the changeup is like you got to throw your best pitch on a 3-2. You know, if you miss with the fastball, it is what it is, but throw your best, maybe you get a chase, but the Marlins, to their credit, their game plan was do not get beat on the changeup. Even last night as well, we saw that in play tonight. But I do want to, you know, kind of present a larger question to you here, Vin, a little more broad stroke because this is the most common text uh, that's been coming in the last couple of nights. Uh, it's been coming in as of late of just that, look, David Stearns in the front office and Matt Arnold, the decision was to trade a strength in Josh Hader, but they didn't add to a weakness in the offense. You look at this team, the offense is the thing that's going to be what is written about of the reason why they're not winning games, but I think you and I share the same view. There wasn't a lot of offense remaining uh, available, I should say, at the trade deadline, and quite frankly... The floor has been risen for the Brewers, which is a great thing by the fans, in my opinion, that you know this team expects to go to the postseason every year, which is a hard thing to expect. And I think you know losing in this abrupt a fashion is really hard to deal with. But I know it's a really broad stroke of saying, you know, you can really point to since August 1st, this team has not been the same. I don't know if there's a question in there or anything for you, but if you agree, disagree, if there's a, a carry-on statement to that for you, Vinny, but it just yeah. hasn't been the same since August 1st. Yeah, the wind was taken out of their sails, you know, a lot of it, right? The chemistry of the team has been off, the the feel, the fight, all whatever you want to say, the mojo, whatever you want to say, that kind of has been lost. And we've talked about this a bunch, Dom, and, and it's losses like this that it's magnified in. I mean, you, you saw the shots, the camera shots of this team in the ninth inning. They looked totally defeated. Remember last year in the ninth, down by one, you know, Whoever on the mound, pick your closer on the mound. They believed they could they could come back and win. And even if they didn't win that particular game, you never saw body language like you saw tonight when the camera panned to the to the dugout. I mean, you saw everyone kind of leaning over, kind of like a, a hopeless look on everybody's face. You know, hey, this one this one's going to be over. And it's not like they're giving away at bats. They're still fighting in the at bat. It's just the overall feel of the team is just a little bit different since that trade deadline. I mean, the Phillies are gift wrapping for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, they really are, and the Brewers aren't taking it. They still have a chance. I'm still a believer. They certainly still have a chance, but they're just struggling mightily with the bats and and, and adding on runs and scoring runs and then really coming back. I mean, coming back in games like tonight, um, they would do that so much more often last year. it It felt like and it feels like. Um, a big bat that is really, really struggling, and I, it, you know, it's hard to. I'm not pointing the finger at. It. I'm just pointing this out as an objective statement. Willie Adamas is three for his last 26. Okay, so like he he all of a sudden went from one of the hottest hitters in baseball 
for the last couple of months to one of the coldest. And that is the big bat. I think that they're missing right now in this series with the Marlins. And um, it's really, it's, it's really making an impact on things right now. And, and the big number from this is that 16 strikeouts tonight for the Brewers offense. That's the most in a game all season. And it comes in arguably the biggest game to date yeah. as far as standings. And that, that kind of stuff is what you're going to circle. Like the offense is the reason why the Brewers lost, not Devin Williams. It may be easy to say Devin Williams, but in my opinion, it's the offense. We're going to have more with Vinny. I'm going to get to more of your texts. We're going to have his reaction to a lot of these texts and these calls as well. 855-616-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Stay with us here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. We're still with Vinny Rotino. We're still getting to your texts. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks for tuning in tonight after a tough 4-3 loss for the Brewers. Getting to the text line here, Vinny. Doug reacting. This isn't all on Williams. You have to score more runs. It's that simple. But also when you go to the well too much, it catches up with you. The luck will run out. What happened to the three-up, three-down inning you promised me last night put me through the ringer. Tonight through hell. I'm in trouble now. I loved that from Doug. Uh, but let's talk about the offense a little more here, Vin. I mean, over 7 with runners in scoring position, nine runners left on base. The uh, runs that scored, one was on a bases-loaded squibber by Victor Caratini. Uh, another was on a bases-loaded graze of the jersey against Luis Arias. And the other, an opposite field home run off a lefty by Christian Yelich that came out of left field, no pun intended. This is not sustainable offense, as we've seen for 158 games now. It, the Brewers need to find something else. And you mentioned the great note about Willie Damas struggling right now. It, what what's needs to change for the Brewers in these final four games to inspire you? A big hit. Uh, you know, we saw this. is So you can almost point to one, possibly two moments in each game where this, when the offense sputters like they did tonight, you can, you can point to like one or two at-bats that really – Okay, that was the that was the big hit they need. They needed a bleeder right there. They needed to catch a break, or they needed a, a a barreled up double. They had the guy on the ropes, and it was you know again. I, I think Tyro Taylor's actually been playing really well lately. I mean, he's come up with some big hits. He's actually playing a decent center field, but it, it was the fact that he did not get that hit against Brazoban in the sixth, second, and third. They ju- they just took the lead, and that's where they need to add on. Tyrone Taylor needs the Somehow, and again, way easier said than done. Throwing, he's effectively wild, throwing 98. Throws him a, a fastball right down the middle, second and third. Tyrone Taylor would probably tell you he should have probably put a better swing on that, and he grounds out to, to um, Miguel Rojas. And that was it. You can point to something like that almost every single night. Last night, um, I thought it was the base running miscue by uh, Colton Wong, and then again this tonight it was that that at that. They could have broken the game open a little bit. Um, not saying it's Tyrone Taylor's fault. I'm just saying every single night that we talk about them needing to add on or the offense is sputtering out, you can point to an at-bat like this, and this was it tonight for me. And, and does that become a philosophy thing? Does that become a game plan thing? Does that become you know a contagious thing? Why do you think, and it's not an easy thing to diagnose, so I'm not going to hold this to you like it's gospel, but why do you think this team in particular that, you know, on paper you say, wow, this is a really, really good team that should be better than what they are. Why do you think this team struggles so much in these big run scoring situations? What, what, what do you 
point to saying, eh, maybe that's part of the reason why. It, well, it is. It's contagious, Dom. You hit the nail on the head. It, it really, really is. It, it, it gets to a point where the opposing team, it's contagious for them too, right? So they know that, okay, um, you know, this team is struggling offensively. They can, believe it or not, opposing pitchers can feel that. They can certainly feel that. It's a slight you know, body language thing. It's a slight, um, you know, hearing chatter from the dugout or life or energy from the dugout or from the opposing team. It's that swagger that you feel. Like, watch the Dodgers. I know it's a different roster. I know those guys are – or even even the, the Atlanta Braves. I mean, again, different roster, but you can just feel the swagger and you can see the swagger when those guys come up to the plate. It's just not there. You know, we've seen it at times, but it's not there consistently for this Milwaukee Brewers roster and for these guys that are coming to the plate. It, it just and, and again, opposing pitchers feel that, and when they feel that, they will feast off of that. They will pound the zone. They will say, okay, I got this, these, these guys back on their heels. Again, totally contagious thing. It's an unconscious thing. It's a subconscious thing. But, you know, they just got to somehow get, get out of that. They only got four games left to, to somehow get out of that. Tell me uh, real quick here, how hard is it to pinch hit? I mean, I feel like that's got to be one of the hardest things to do in the world, especially in today's pitchers. No, it is. And it's remarkable what Mike Brasso has done this year, pinch hitting. I know he punched out twice tonight, but, um, you know, it it is very difficult to do. You kind of have to get a hit every single time that you go up there because you'll have to sit on going 0 for 1 or 0 for 2 or whatever if you do get two at-bats in a particular game pinch hitting. You have to sit there and think about it for the next two, three, maybe four days. Um, so you almost have to live and die by by each at bat, and you got to get hits and you got to ride that wave and ride that momentum. But it is certainly harder than ever now to pinch hit just because of the stuff that's coming out of the pen. And the Brewers, and to a lot of people's frustrations, I had this pop up on my Twitter uh, mentions all game long. Like, why are they going to the bench so much? Why are they? And then. Like the reason I asked that, it's like you know, a couple of folks are like, well, why would you go to Caratini there just to ground out? It's just like, well, you got to understand this team lives and dies by the platoon split, meaning they always want to get the advantage of righty versus lefty. That is their approach. That's been their approach all season long. They have not wavered from that. So you shouldn't be surprised when you see Mike Brasso come off the bench to hit for a Jace Peterson because a lefty's on the mound. You shouldn't be surprised to see Victor Caratini come off when the lefty on lefty with Narvaez. The reason why we saw it so much tonight is because of the roster construction on the other side. They The bullpen for the Marlins is full of lefties. They have four lefties. And the Brewers have lefties that can't hit lefties. And they have right. to be aggressive with their pinch hitting. And I think that kind of played into the lack of offense tonight. Yeah, and think about it this way too, Dom. So if you have Jace Peterson and Mike Brasso playing third, or Jace Peterson and Luis Arias, and let's say you platoon them all year long, you have the production level of of a five to ten million dollar ball player in those two guys, right? That's kind of the theory. It's a cheap way to get production just because you are going to pl- platoon, and it, it, it's worked out. I mean, it's worked out for for the Brewers, uh, you know, in in, uh, in that approach. But like you said, though, in these situations, in some of these situations, it is hard to pinch hit, come off the come off the bench. I think at this point, though, in the season, guys are used to it. They're used to having that role. Um, and they're used to pinch hitting and seeing that electric stuff coming out of the pen and, and co- trying to come up with a big hit. So it, it's not – it is hard. I just explained how hard it is. But at the same time, if you're used to it, if you know your role, which Craig Council, in being so consistent with some of these moves, 
guys do know their role. So that, that is part of it, and that, that makes it a little bit easier. And lastly, so folks, I got to list a few tweets, and I wanted to get this to sooner. Why didn't Garrett Mitchell get into the game? The reason Garrett Mitchell didn't get into the game is because, uh, even with the right-on-right matches for Tyrone Taylor, is because Garrett Mitchell was your last outfielder on the roster. If something went wrong, per se, somebody gets injured, somebody has to be pulled from the game, somebody gets ejected, which I don't think would happen. But the point is, if something like that happened, then you wouldn't have anybody that you trust to play the outfield because Jace Peterson was already out of the game. Not that he's a great outfielder, but Keston Hira does not have enough experience for me to be confident with him in the outfield. So that was part of the reason why Garrett Mitchell did not get into this game. Uh, He's been hot just like Tyrone Taylor. And also to be credit, like you said, Tyrone Taylor had been hot leading in tonight, but tonight, of course, that snaps going over. He hit over 300 in September. He played very well in that month. He deserved to get a start and get some reps. Vinny Rettino joining us here on the show Thank you for your time, as always, Vinny. And, well, I guess it's now or never with four games to go. <laughs> now or never, backs up against the ball. You know, hopefully it's exciting here in this last uh, four games. I think it will be. I think it still will be exciting. The Phillies certainly don't want it. Hopefully the Brewers will, will go ahead and take it from them, these last four. All right, Vinny Rettino joining us on Brewers Extra Innings. More to come on the home of the Brew Crew, WTMJ. Brewers fall 4-3. They are now in must-win mode the rest of the season. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. I got a lot of text to get to. I promise I'm reading these. I'm reading all of them. Not all of them I'm going to read on air. A lot of the fire David Stearns things. Look, there's there's a, a time and place for us to talk about front office moves and a time and place to talk about firing people. In the middle of the season, not quite yet. They're not eliminated yet. We have all offseason to analyze the Josh Hader trade. Uh, one texter asking about the Brewers hitting coaches. What do you do with dual hitting coaches? Almost every single team has dual hitting coaches. Uh, it's a very normal thing in today's game because the load is so much, right? One hitting coach for 13 guys or 14 guys, and then you got to include the guys that are coming up. I mean, it's not an easy job. I don't envy that job at all. Ozzie Timmons and Connor Dawson have, and I know it's easy that everybody wants to, Blame something. There's always a there's always a cause and effect, right? There's always a one person to blame, right? This isn't one of those scenarios, in my opinion. This has been a lot has gone wrong, and I was talking about this with somebody in the press box earlier today that the Brewers have had just about everything go wrong this year, right? Freddie Peralta's missed most of the year with injury. Adrian Hauser, and before you say, oh, Adrian Hauser is not that good. Look at his numbers from last year. He was so important to the Brewers down the stretch last season. Okay. You expected to get a little bit more out of Adrian Hauser this year than what you got. And so he's been injured this year, which stinks for him and stinks for the Brewers. Uh, so Freddie, Hauser, you had Woodruff miss a little over a month. And since he's come back, he's been dynamite. Uh, you had Josh Hader's struggles and the difficult pregnancy that he and his wife Maria went through. That weighs on the human, right? That is tough to deal with. Think about that. You going through your job knowing your wife is going through pregnancies with your first child. And, you know, no offense, but you're, you're working at an office and the other guy is pitching in front of 40,000 people every single night getting the three hardest outs. That's hard, right? And so he had his struggles earlier in the year, too. You look at Willie Adamas getting injured, Urias missing the first month, Renfro having multiple injuries. Uh, you look at the lack of production in center field this season. Uh, Rowdy's really played almost every day. Then the everything with the trade deadline. There's been a lot that's gone wrong. You get what I'm saying? And yet, I love, like I said earlier, that the ceiling, or sorry, the floor of the Brewers and the Brewers fan base 
has been risen to wanting to make it five straight postseasons. That's great. Keep that competitive drive. But I'm going to continue to say it over and over and over again. It is so hard to win. It really is. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just being real with y'all. To go five straight postseasons, do you know how hard that is? And I know you want a World Series, and I know you want to win more. They were one game away from the World Series in 2018. Wild card game was tough. 2020 was weird. 2021, last year, you thought it would have been the year, but then Devin Williams breaks his hand. Uh, Freddie Freeman happens. All that. I get it. They've won one series since 2018. You can't fault them for trying David Stearns continuing to wheel and deal. And I will also go to bat for David Stearns and Matt Arnold saying there were, de- there were deals they were trying to make for a hitter. There were trying. But you cannot be equally excited about the guys like Joey Weimer, Jackson Trurio, or Sal Freelich, or Esther well, Ruiz was acquired. But let me say the homegrown guys. The Sal Freelichs, the Joey Weimers, the Jackson Trurios. Those guys were going to be the cost right, for a rental bat. There weren't many extended-year bats available. You get what I'm getting at here? It wasn't that kind of year to just plug-and-play an offensive player. It wasn't going to be that simple. And I know a lot of folks are sick of hearing the take as many bites out of the apple. Maybe this year's just one of those small bites, and then next year's going to be a massive bite to the core because they didn't sell the farm. Look at what the Phillies are going through. The Phillies went all in this year. They spent a ton of money, and yet still they aren't guaranteed to make it. Right? Every team has flaws. Every team goes through rough patches. Every team has issues. And this is a team that the Brewers, you still feel good about their future. You really do. Between the minor leaguers, the pitching core that you have right now, next season, if you're back healthy, you feel like you should be back in the postseason. And there's no reason to not expect anything less than that. That's what makes this season so frustrating that They should be in the playoffs. They were playing playoff baseball until August 1st. Then the hater trade happens. They they fail to recover for about two weeks. Then it was too little too late. The damage was done. And then tonight's like tonight with the offense going cold. It feels like everything is crushing down on you and there's no way they can score more than two runs. At least they came back. They showed some life, but they couldn't get the job done tonight. More text to come. We're going to hear from Craig Council here coming up next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. We're back on Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers fall 4-3. to three. A lot of frustration in the text line, and I get it. And I appreciate everybody who's participated here tonight. We have plenty of offseason coming up, and ho- hopefully it's not as soon as it's appearing to be right now. we got plenty of offseason to analyze the hater trade, and the impact on this team. But also at some point, you're going to have to you know, kind of shut the door and move on. It, it stunk. It was frustrating. Burrs, you know, would have liked to have had Josh Hader tonight, not going to lie, but it happened. Okay? He hasn't been here for two months. Two months to the day, in fact. It's time to move on. You know, it's... It, you have what you have, dust yourself off, and move on. That's what the Brewers' message was in the clubhouse for the last couple of days in the dugout. But let's hear from the manager, Craig Council. It's been a weird week for him with changes and relievers available, offense not performing. Let's hear from the manager on this tough one tonight. I thought the stuff was fine. No issues with the stuff. Um, they had some good at-bats. laid off. You know, a couple pitches. The pitch birdie laid off um, to lead off the inning was 
a really good pitch. Um, that was a good take. Give him credit for that. Um, you know, in the end, probably the wild pitch hurt us. You know, is what what hurt us in the inning. How does how does the inning change when Birdie gets on right away? You know, with how he steals and just. Well, I, I think, you know, anytime you're dealing with that kind of runner, I mean, Devin did a good job, kept him there for a hitter. We got an out. Um, you know, that, that's the league leader in stolen bases. It's, it's So, um, you know, he got the second, and, you know, I, you're kind of thinking he's going to get to second eventually, you know, with it, with as well as he runs. It's, it's, tough, to, it's tough to stop him. Um, so, you know, I think just, you know, not getting the out is probably the, the biggest thing. What was your, from what you could see, what was your read on that pitch that De La Cruz hit? Uh, it looked like he kind of went down to get that one. Was it? Um, I, I, I haven't seen it. I mean, it just change up, and you know, anytime guys hit Devin's change up hard, you, know, you kind of tip your hat. You don't see it too much. Craig, no. the pitching until that point had it kind of gone to plan? Yeah, I mean, we got. Uh, you know, probably more outs than we were expecting from Ashby. Um, and, and Trevor did a really nice job getting us five outs. So, you know, we, we, we were in good shape. It put us in good shape for tomorrow. Um, so the guys pitched really well. Uh, from after that home run up until the ninth inning, I think 17 to 18 set down by your guys. I mean, just overall a really good pitching performance up to that ninth inning there yeah i mean like i said we, we, we did really well um you know and then aaron get us into the fifth inning you know definitely definitely shaped up well um box and matt bush did a really nice job as well so you know we had the game kind of where we wanted it to unfortunately we couldn't you know we just we couldn't get that hit you know a couple bases loaded situations uh tonight again and i think we kept we got one run off i guess we got two runs off it but um just couldn't get that hit to get the merry-go-round going and and expand the lead did you feel like maybe when cabrera went out with that injury that that might turn the tide a little bit offensively well i mean he he was really good for the first three innings uh no question about it um so you know i i thought we caught a break yeah um because he was, and then you, you know you kind of knew when he came out that it was going to be a matchup game the rest of the game, um, and um, that's that's what it turned into. Craig, how much for the the strikeouts offensively? A story tonight too of just you know situations sometimes where the ball was a little play. Um, yeah, I mean I think you know that's that's going to happen. You're gonna, there's going to be. I mean we didn't have any men on third strikeouts I don't think um you know the inning where we got first and second and you know with with nobody out to start and and that that inning kind of dried up when they brought Brigham into at the end there um you know that was that was a situation where you know you hope to get something across there and he, he made some good pitches again tonight to uh to get through an inning it's another one of those press conferences from Craig Council where you're not really surprised at what he said of you couldn't get the big hit. You've heard that over and over, but it's true. What else What else is there to say, right? You've seen this offense perform like this a lot this season. It's been that kind of a year, but we are going to talk about the game, go a little more in-depth up next, and then get ready to wrap up the show on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this 
time for July highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers need every win they can get getting down the stretch. And with the doubleheader happening in D.C. between the Phillies and Nats, the Brewers needed to make sure they took care of business at home. They got off to a great start with the gloves in the second inning. Aaron Ashby starting the game. He was rolling thanks to himself from some help at the hot corner. Swing and a diving stab grab by Peterson, and he threw him out. Jace Peterson diving to his left, took a base hit away from Miguel Rojas. He somehow scrambled to his feet. Nothing else to do. You know what you got to do, and he threw a bullet to first to end the inning. Epic play by Jace Peterson, a glow glove caliber play for the final out of the second inning, but it was still a scoreless game. In the third, they hit a two-run homer. Peyton Burdick, a no-doubt shot to center field off Aaron Ashby. His only blemish really on his card, he worked into the fifth inning on 65 pitches while on a pitch count. The Brewers finally got a chance to respond at the bottom of the fourth. Edward Cabrera left the fourth inning due to injury between innings. They go to a lefty in uh, Andrew Nardi and Christian Yelich at the top of the order saying, welcome to the game, my friend. 1-0 pitch. Yelich, a high fly ball, deep left field. Burdick is back at the track, at the wall. It's off the top of the wall, and it is gone. Christian Yelich with number 13 on the season. And the Brewers are on the board. It's a 2-1 deficit. Number 13 on the year for Christian Yelich. Lane Grindle on the call. So he gets the ring the bell once again. And don't forget, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the red kettle from the Salvation Army. Donate today at samilwaukee.org. Brewers are on the board 2-1. to one. They are still trailing, though. We fast forward to the sixth inning. First two batters reach on singles. Then Colton Wong, or rather Mike Brasso, I beg your pardon, pinch hits and strike out. Then they go back to the bullpen to the Marlins. A leadoff walk to Andrew McCutcheon. The batter, Luis Urias, with the bases loaded. Here's the pitch. Look out! And that one hit him. And this game is tied. Brazobon with an inside fastball, and that one just did Nick. Luis Urias back to even. Hey, it's one way to get an RBI in this one. The very next batter, Victor Caratini, looking to add to the score. And the pitch. Swing and a bouncer, hit to second. The only play is on Caratini. Hunter Renfro scored easily. No chance for him. Slowly hit ground ball, and the Brewers have the lead. But the story of the game is that the Brewers left seven runners on base. They would not be able to add on with runners on second and third in that inning. They left runners stranded in the seventh inning as well. And they also left the runners stranded in the eighth inning. But they still lead 3-2. to two. They decide to go to the closer, Devin Williams, for back-to-back nights. But a leadoff walk to speedster John Birdie. He stole second base with one out, put runners on first and second after a walk to Brian Anderson. The batter, Brian De La Cruz, the best hitter on the Marlins in the month of September, kept it going in October. Swing a liner in the left field. A run's going to score. Here comes the second run. The ball getting by Christian Yelich. And Miami has taken the lead. That was a rocket hit by De La Cruz. Passed a diving Mike Brosso. And when it got by Yelich, the second run scored easily. 
Bob Euchre on the call. The Brewers will go down 1-2-3 in the bottom of the ninth inning and fall by the final of 4-3. They're now a game back in the standings, but essentially two back without the tiebreaker. We'll wrap up the show after this on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. All right, real quick wrap-up here on the show. Brewers fall by a final of 4-3 to tonight. Coverage begins at noon tomorrow with Brewers warm-up with yours truly here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. First pitch at 110. Four games to go. It's pretty simple. The Brewers got to win every single one. There's a scenario where they can go 3-1, and one, but quite simply, the Brewers have to win every single game. Sorry for the shorter show tonight. I will see. I've seen all of these texts. We're going to have plenty of time this offseason to talk about it with Brewers Weeklies and other programming here on the home of the Brewers. So keep it locked. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Justin Pottinger back in our studios, I'm Dominic Catronio from American Family Field. The Brewers fall. Work to do. Until next time, keep on swinging.